Here's the reading for Chapter 2, Reasonable Doubt, from the book The Miracle of the Christmas Child by Penelope J. Stokes. Stop pacing, Zechariah, Arid, son of Malachi, grabbed at his arm to slow him down. It's almost time for the drawing of lots. You'll know soon enough whether you've been chosen to offer the incense today. Zechariah turned and smiled wanly at the young priest. He looked so much like his father, who had been Zechariah's closest friend and confidant for nearly forty years. Of course the lad would think that Zechariah's agitation stemmed from anticipation over the drawing of the lots. Aaron was full of faith and fire. His whole world centered around the temple and his service to the Almighty. Once it had been that way with Zechariah too, and with Malachi, now dead these thirteen years. As young priests, only a bit more mature than Aaron, they had been humbled and exalted to hold the holy fire in their hands. They were the chosen, the one who stood before the altar of God on behalf of those who prayed outside. In those days, they believed that anything was possible and that the next circumcision to be performed might be the promised Messiah. But time and age and weariness had taken their toll. Zechariah had stood on the outskirts and watched as Malachi and the other priests brought their sons for circumcision, as the sons grew into men and took their places at the altar. As it should be, as God had intended it to be, sons and grandsons followed in their father's footsteps. But there had been no son for him and Elizabeth, no sign of God's blessing upon their faithfulness. Zechariah was tired not only with the physical fatigue that accompanied old age, but with the deep-seated exhaustion of heart and soul. For a long, long time, he had managed to find a way to cling to hope. Father Abraham and Mother Sarah, after all, had given birth to Isaac when Sarah was long past childbearing. Might there not be a miracle in store for him and his wife as well? But the years came and went, and there was no child, and at last... Zechariah stopped hoping. With the loss of hope, the spiritual fire within him burned to ash. He would keep on serving God, of course. He was a priest for life. But he could not rid his mind of the overwhelming question. Had he somehow displeased God? Had he not been faithful? There was no other explanation for the emptiness of his wife's womb and the barrenness of his soul tug on his sleeve, brought Zechariah out of his reverie. Aaron stood before him, his bearded young face eager and excited. The lot has fallen to you, Zechariah. Today you will stand before the Lord in the sanctuary and offer incense unto God. Zechariah tried to smile, tried to reflect in his own weathered countenance the thrill young Aaron felt on his behalf. He nodded, squeezed the boy on the shoulder, and went to take his place in the sanctuary. He had been in the holy place many times during his years of service in the temple, but today something seemed different. A strange illumination cascaded over the altar of the Lord, and he craned his neck, trying to discern where it came from. Then, out of the corner of his eye, he caught a movement, a glimmer. Had someone invaded the sanctity of the temple? He whirled to confront the interloper, but he saw nothing. There it is again, right on the edge of his vision. But his eyes were too old and often deceived him. 
He shook his head to clear his mind and proceeded to the altar to offer the sacrifice of incense. Suddenly, from the right side of the altar, a voice spoke. Zachariah. Now he saw it, the vague shape of a man, luminous as if it was lit from some celestial brightness. He knew, of course, that in the past God had spoken to humans through angels, but he had never seen one, never expected to see one. His ancient niece trembled, and they almost gave way. Do not be afraid. That's what they always said, according to the scriptures. Now Zechariah knew why, but the comforting words did not did nothing to still the pounding in his heart. Your prayer has been heard, Zechariah. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. The Messiah? The question leaped into Zechariah's mind, unbidden. It was presumptuous, of course, but he had to know. The being smiled and shook his head benignly. The light within him grew brighter. Not the Messiah, the one who will prepare the way. Your son will be full of the Holy Spirit, and many will return to the Lord because of him. The spirit and power of Elijah will rest upon him, and he will turn the hearts of Israel back to God and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias sank to the steps of the altar, and he looked up, incredulous. Could he believe it? Could it possibly be true? A son? After all these years? And not just any son, but a son called by God to prepare the way for the Messiah? How will I know this is true, he asked, half to himself. I'm such an old, old man, and my wife? The angel silenced him with a stern look. My name is Gabriel, he said, his voice reverberating in the depths of Zechariah's soul. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to bring you this good news. Gabriel? Zechariah's stomach quivered. Gabriel, the archangel, captain of the Lord's host? He held his breath, half expecting to be struck down where he sat. My words will be fulfilled, the angel went on. But because you did not believe, you will be unable to speak from this moment until the day these things come to pass. Zechariah opened his mouth to reply, to ask forgiveness for his unbelief, to thank the archangel for his message, but no words would come. And then, as suddenly as it appeared, the angelic vision vanished. For a long time, Zechariah sat on the altar steps, unable to move, his duty of presenting the incense all but forgotten. He closed his eyes, and when he opened them again, the odd light that had enveloped the sanctuary was gone. He must have dreamed it, must have passed out or fallen asleep. An old man's mind plays tricks on him. Perhaps, from the last vestiges of his long-held hope, he had simply heard what his soul longed to hear. With great difficulty, he lifted his arthritic body off the steps and went to prepare the incense. But when he raised it aloft over the altar and began to speak the holy words, no sound crossed his lips. He tried again. The breath was there, and the words filled his consciousness, but his ears heard no utterance. He could not speak. God would have to hear his heart. 
Once more, as he had done since his youth, Zechariah held the holy fire in his hands, and he made prayers before the Lord Almighty. Tears streamed down his cheeks and fell onto the altar, onto the floor, onto the priestly garb he had worn for nearly as long as he could remember. In silence he prayed on, and as he prayed, his heart grew strong. His soul swelled with thankfulness to the God who had not, after all, forgotten his years of faithfulness. He was mute because he had doubted. Gabriel had said he would stay mute until the day of miracle when Elizabeth delivered their firstborn son. But Zechariah doubted no more. His voice might be still, but his heart shouted hallelujahs. A flame of new life blazed in his soul, nearly taking his breath with wonder and the glory. And there would come a day, less than a year from now, when he would proclaim the praise of God in the presence of all the people. He would dance like David, sing and leap for joy like Miriam. His sorrow had been turned to song and his mourning to gladness. Ah, oh, you're never too old to believe, he thought. Never too old to hope. And despite the fact that no sound came, Zachariah laughed. <laughs>